Matt Stepp, you're back from Canada. Please recite the Texas Pledge of Allegiance. I like barbecue, Tex-Mex, and high school football. Tep and Step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep Greg Tepper. And I'm the Step, Matt Step. Reunited. It feels so good. It does. Back in the studio. Again. We had to be in separate countries while the Rangers and Orioles played. Oh, we did. Um, and uh, it did not go well for one of our teams. Uh, did this, not. Particularly my team. I was not going to bring it up. Well, it's, it's it's fine. It's fine. I'll also bring up that it is right now, it's 3.35 p.m. on Monday, October 16th, and the Rangers and Astros are two minutes away from Game 2 of the American League Championship Series, and I cannot... There are TV. There are multiple TVs in this in this studio. There are. That we could have the game on, mm-hmm. and I can't do it because it would be the worst episode of Tepid Step it, ever. It would be. I would be so distracted. And you I'm get, going to not give you updates. You would give. You would get my worst. Um, anyway. How much better is that than your best, though? How much worse is that than your best? Great point. Many people are asking. I guess we'll find out. This is your Week 9 preview edition of Tep and Step. We do thank you for spending a little bit of your day with us and being a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. We love you very much. Uh, coming up here in just a moment, we will have our Week 8 recap and then our Week 9 game draft, wherein we uh, select the games that we are most interested in across the state of Texas. Uh, but first, Matthew, we will start as we always do with your Texas high school football fun fact of the week presented by Country Meats. Oh, Country Meats, how I missed you so. Uh, you're back in America and got yourself some Country Meats. America, the land of Country Meats. Thanks to our <laughs> shout out to our friends at Country Meats. We all love the game of football and they're here to make fundraising easy for your team. Head on over to countrymeats.com and use the discount code STEP10 to get 10% off your first order. That's discount code STEPP10 at checkout at countrymeats.com. Countrymeats.com, home of the free, land of the country meats. Mm. That's what they say, right? That's, I think it's in the Constitution. I think that. I think I, that's. I think there's a there's a there's an amendment pending. Yes, I think that that is uh, right. The, the country meats amendment. The the, the country meats amendment. Uh, Matt ridiculous Stepp. amendment. Matt Step, your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. Last week. Round Rock Stony Point defeated Cedar Park Vista Ridge seven to nothing. <laughs> okay. So far this season, in UIL eleven man games, how many games have there been seven or fewer points scored? Total. And and ironically, Vista Ridge also lost a game seven to six. Seven this year. to six, correct. Like <laughs> In three weeks, they have yeah. two games where they've lost. They've given up seven yeah. points and lost. My junior year, this is a total sidebar. My junior year at Everman, mm-hmm. we lost games. I, I didn't play football, but I was, um, I was uh, a drill team helper. 
because you know I got to hang out with the girls. Uh, <laughs> we lost not just a hat rack, folks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, we lost ga- a game six to three and seven to nothing that year. Six so yeah, I can so see, there, Cedar Park Vista Ridge. I can empathize. There has been a six to three game. Sherilyn beat Mercedes six to three. Okay, so there's two. Um, I'm but gonna, no, this is seven. Po- we'll go. We'll go. Oh, not, six to we'll three. Go, is, we'll go single digit points. So okay. so we'll include Sherilyn and Mercedes. Okay, I'll say eight. Good guess. The answer is six. Okay. You have Sherilyn uh, six, Mercedes three. You have Odessa Compass seven, Ira and zero. Okay. You have a Port Nature's Grove seven, Fort Ben Marshall zero. Probably the most famous of these. Yeah. yeah. PNG and Fort Ben Marshall, yes. Yeah, Stony Point and, and. Boy, it sent Fort Ben Marshall on a tailspin after did. that. Absolutely. Uh, Stony Point, Vista Ridge. Pearsall six, Poteet zero. Okay. And your leader in the clubhouse. Week one, Lytle three, Carrizo Springs zero. Mm, our friends at Lytle. <laughs> those are your, uh, those are the nine game or the six games that have had uh, single digit points scored. Schulenberg also has a ten nothing win over Hearn. If you're interested, okay. Uh, but there it is, your Texas high school football fun fact. You of said week. nine, but then it was actually six. That's yeah, nice. Uh, uh, that is, um, and and you're right, McNeil. Like so, Cedar Park Vista Ridge has lost two games in three weeks. Where they gave up seven points. Their offensive, their defensive coordinators got to be like, dude, come on, please like, do something for me. <laughs> please help us. Anyway, there it is. Your Texas high school ball fun fact of the week. All right, Matthew, let's run back through week eight of the Texas high school football season. Uh, go back and listen to Tep and Step, the week eight preview. Right you should. now, just go listen to it for fun. Yeah, just for, just for grins. Just for, <laughs> I don't think I've ever gone back and listened to. No, you. I have. I've gone back and on your orders. I've gone back and listened to the coaching school episode. Yeah, the twenty twenty two coaching school episode is 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 an all timer. That's a pretty good one. That's that's a, that's an, a greatest hit. It's it's one of our greatest hits. Yes. But this is. Uh, we're now into the final three weeks of the regular season. Uh, we'll go back through what happened in week eight of the Texas high school football season, starting with the games we drafted. We took Columbus and Hitchcock. Uh, now, asterisk here, asterisk, uh, Hitchcock did have a couple of guys go down during the game. A couple early, key entries. Yeah, but that second half of football that Columbus played is one of the most impressive 24 – it's right up there with DeSoto's first half against South Oak Cliff mm-hmm. as the most impressive – I wasn't in person, but I watched it online. And it was one of the most impressive halves of football I've seen. Columbus outscored Hitchcock – 28 nothing and and to shut Hitchcock out yep. in a half of football is for a 3A is incredible. What a performance from Columbus and Tyvon I mean we could talk about you know Adam Schobel and the Baylor commit at quarterback for Columbus and he's great. Tyvon Whitehead is the real deal. He is the real stinking deal, man. Yeah, he he is he was impressive. He that 94-yard touchdown run was a definition of a backbreaker. Yeah, it was. And I thought Columbus's defensive line especially really did a great job in the second half. That's, I said it in the instant recap video. I, I am open to a discussion of Franklin being the number Franklin being unseated as the number one team in three A Division I'm, One. I'm I'm open to that as well. I will say that right now, if Colum if if literally I think if Franklin were not a two time defending champ, we'd have Columbus would be number one. Yeah. I think Franklin's got a thirty nine game winning yeah. streak right now. Um and and, and the, they were also they they were impressive last week. They they looked like Franklin last yeah. week. They they had, I think, they beat Troy sixty-three to twenty-three. They 
had 300 yard. They looked like Franklin looked yeah. like there, there's been like three weeks where Franklin's looked real vulnerable. And they yeah. looked more like themselves last week. So um, that was a little. So that's why they stayed number one. They, they took care of business. We may be talking about them a little later. We could maybe a couple, couple. Oh, there's a little teeth. Argyle and Frisco Emerson. It's hard to know how to feel about this. Um, I think you give Argyle a ton of credit on a, on a backup quarterback for taking down Frisco Emerson and coming up with the plays they needed to come up with that win. Yeah. Um, I have questions about Frisco Emerson's defense. Um, and I have questions about Frisco Emerson. I'm also, like, I'm just adding an also to this. Also, I'm pretty sure these are the two best teams in the region. Yeah, I, I so I'm a little more... I picked Argyle in my own personal picks to win this game. Yeah. Because I thought Emerson going to Argyle, even with Argyle having that, cause I, I knew that sophomore quarterback for Argyle, uh, Gasperson yeah. was going to be good. McGuire Gasperson, and he was good. Uh-huh. He, he's and he's uh, he's not losing. I mean, he's going to be the guy the next two and a half yes. years. So get ready to see that Argyle. Um, for Emerson, I'm I actually I walk away feeling okay about Emerson because they fought back. Mm-hmm. If Argyle would have, you know, they were up 34-19 in the third quarter, and I kind of thought, okay, Argyle's about to run away with this, and it's going to be boost to him, yeah. it's going to be forty-eight nineteen. But Emerson fought back and took him took Argyle to the wire, and I'm like, you know what, Emerson, that was this was the first time all year they've been in a real dogfight, and they showed something. Yeah, the defense does have concerns, but we knew Emerson wasn't a lockdown defense. There, this is an offense first team. So I've, I feel fairly okay. I think if Emerson and Argyle play again, I I wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a shock to me to see a lot of people, you know, to see Emerson win. I I think that they they showed me a little, they showed me a little grit and a little bit of fight in that loss. So, uh, and Argyle, I think you're really happy. You know, you, you're you're down when your quarterback gets hurt against Lake Dallas, and you're feeling okay about things now. Gasperson is is the real deal. That and that he's one of he's one of many sophomores, and that Argyle's got a great sophomore class. They're going to yeah. be around for a couple of years. Yeah. Stratford and Panhandle. Um, I vaulted we vaulted uh, Stratford to number five we vaulted them over Cooper in the rankings that was the only change in the two way rankings I we need to really start considering what what Stratford has done this year their resume is now very impressive yeah Panhandle's a really good team I with Holly in their struggles this year mm-hmm. um, which they're not bad but they're they're not they're not they're not the team that made this Mm-mm. Two straight state championship no, games. They're a team that may not win their own district. Right. Stanford. Mm-hmm. Stanford looks pretty good too. I think if you wanted to install Stratford as the uh, the favorite in Region One to a Division One, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hesitate to, to say that's a, that's not a bad pick. Oh. Bryce Braden's. A, he's. he's, he's a, you you want to talk about a, a dude? Dude's rock. Dude yeah, of the week candidate. Dude's rock. He's man. a he's a candidate. He's. Like every game, he has like twenty tackles and then like rushes for like one hundred and sixty yards or something crazy. He's, he's incredible. He's a freak. Show. He's fun. To, he's really fun to watch. He's just a fun player. Lubbock Cooper and Abilene. This is a great game. This was uh, a great game. Abilene jumped out to a big lead early, and Abilene did this without their running back. Bam Bam Rayshaw is out. Don't know how long he's going to be out, but they they got a backup running back, Chad Laura, who's doing a good job. But 
Abilene kind of ran out to a big lead early. Lubbock Cooper battled back and took the lead late in the game. Took a 35. I think Abilene at one point had a 21-point lead. I think, I think they led 20, 28-7 in the second quarter. Cooper scored right before halftime, make it 28-14, and, and eventually cut it to 30. Took, took a 35-31 lead late in the game. And then Abilene drove down, scored late, uh, threw a touchdown pass late, I think with four seconds left to win the game. Uh, Ryland Bradford. Ryland Bradford's been a stud all year for yeah. Abilene High. Um Great win for Abilene. I'm sure Shotwell Stadium was buzzing Friday night. That played, you know, great game, great win for Abilene High. Puts them in the driver's seat for the district title in two five A Division One, and most importantly, puts them in the driver's seat to uh, avoid Alito until the fourth round. Yes, that's the biggest. Everybody, big nobody reward. wants to. Everybody wants to avoid Alito as long as possible. Their big reward. Yeah. San Antonio Reagan and San Antonio Johnson. Let me tell you, man. I think Reagan is capital F for capital R real. I think so too. And I, I was in San Antonio this week this weekend. That's a it's a bra- humble brag. That is a brag. There. Uh and the the opinions on Reagan down there are mixed. Obviously they're they're undefeated and, and you can't take that away from them. There's some people down there that are like, eh, I think you got them rated a little too high, you know, we'll see what they do in the playoffs, you know, that I I don't know if they match up really well with New Braunfels in the first round. So I, I can see it. The Reagan's had some playoff disappointments recently, for that, sure. That's the biggest thing, I think. But I, I think having a guy like Brad Jackson mm-hmm. uh, is a difference maker for them. And he had a good game, but it was, it was Cole Pryor, their running back, ran for 213 awesome. yards and four touchdowns. Um, this was a game that was 27-27 in the fourth quarter. And, you know, Ty Hawkins tied the game up with a touchdown run with 8.44 left in the game. And then, uh, you know, Cole Pryor back-to-back, you know, two touchdowns in the last five minutes of the game to kind of put the game away. Uh, big win for Reagan. That, that puts them at number, not, not only as the driver's seat to be the district champion, but the number one seed in Division One, And I think puts them on target to go 10-0. and It was 27-27, and then Reagan went – Touchdown, block punt, touchdown, yeah. and just like stomp the life out of mm-hmm. them. That was impressive. Their their ability to close really yeah. impressed me a lot. Yeah, that, that was a good. Those are two really good teams. Yes. I think Johnson's really good. They got Ty Hawkins, and, and when you got Ty Hawkins on your team, you can you, you're you're going to be in a lot of games. So uh, I, and, I, and I'm actually going to see Johnson on Saturday, so I'll be interested to see how they bounce back from that tough loss. Johnson City and Mason, and we were talking about this. Let's have a conversation about the Mason Punchers. That's a gutty win over over Johnson City. Yeah, Johnson City's a good team. They um, are. You, you know, I think I think if Mason would have played Johnson City and blown blown their doors yeah. off, I think I would have been a little more of a like, okay, Mason's a, a legit challenger to Refugio in Region Four. Yeah, I'm not willing to go that far. I'm, I think it's a good win for Mason, but but I think it just kind of underscores. I think it's Refugio in the field in Region mm-hmm. Four. I agree, but I do think Mason's probably going to go ten and zero. By the way, did you know? Because I don't think we're going to draft this game. You know, it's Shiner Furio Week. Yes, boy, what I, I a! I think I, I think I put it as one of the other picks, but I, I, I think I mentioned I was actually talking to noted Shiner alum Ray Gates, North Crowley head coach. Yeah. Today we were, he, we were, he was asking me for some content because he, he's, you know, getting kind of some playoff stuff ready and just kind of prepping for. So he's needing some contact info, and I, t- I said, hey, it's Shiner Refugio Week, and he goes, man, I forgot, and we were talking. Man, about it, so. what a difference a year makes. You know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, the last couple of years, Shiner Refugio has been the game. Been the, yeah, I mean that playoff game. At Victoria a couple of years ago, when they when it was twenty twenty one, yeah, when they had Dalton and Doug Brooks, yeah. and and we had it on Texan Live, and yeah. it was just a 
We like we like stopped the entire company to yeah. like watch the game. Yeah, it was great. And then they had uh, they played at the Alamo Dome that one year on, on like a Friday afternoon. We watched, and then three years ago, the 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 first well, the in this recent installment, that one where Refurio scored a touchdown, kicked an onside uh-huh. kick, and scored another touchdown late in the game to win. Just crazy. Yeah, so it's a great rivalry. Unfortunately, Shiner's a little down this yeah. year, and I think Refugio's going to blow their doors. Uh, I think you're right. Alamo Heights and Harlandale, and we talked about how it's the don't fall in the soup bowl. Well, Harlandale fell in the soup. And now, by the way, another tough game this week. Like, that's that's the that's the, the problem with losing that game for Harlandale. First of all, timeout. Give credit to Alamo Heights. Impressive win. Good win for them. Mm-hmm. They're going to win that district. They're probably going to go ten and zero, right? Yeah, yeah. Alamo Heights is kind of on the, you know, back end of their schedule. They yeah. they they're playing through. You know, their but, last kind of tough game is against Sam Houston week eleven. Uh, but but let me tell you, man. Now Harlandale's taking on Burbank, and it's like. Well, the the loser of that game is right right now. Harlandale and Burbank are just outside of the soup. Yeah. at five and one. And then you, you get down to that four and two, three and three area. The loser falls to five and two, and now you're you're in it. You are. I think if you're Harlandale, and I, I don't think anyone expected Harlandale to win that game. I think they, they were, were pretty significant underdogs. If you look, I mean, Alamo Heights, other than, I mean, most of their, I mean, Alamo Heights is one. This, these are the scores of their district games: eighty-one nothing, sixty-five-seven, forty-nine twenty-eight. 55-20, 50 to nothing, and then they beat Harlandale 60 to 34. I mean, Harlandale made them work. And for a half, it was a competitive game. So I think if you're Harlandale, you walk away feeling somewhat good about things. You got to win this week against Burbank to avoid fall, falling into that soup. But I think if you're Harlandale, you still feel fairly good about your, your playoff. You got five wins. You. You know, but Harlandale, it's it's tough from here on out. You got Burbank and then mm-hmm. Jefferson, who's three and three, fighting for that playoff spot, and then you got McCollum at three and three, the last game of the year, which is their huge rivalry. The Frontier game. Bowl. Yeah. So, and I saw McCollum on Saturday. That was a tough loss for them to that Sam is, Houston. So they're in. They're in. They're in trouble. They're in trouble. They're in must win mode. That Frontier Bowl, if things break a certain way, could be huge. That could be. Like, yeah, like straight up for a playoff spot. It's bad for us. It's a Saturday night yeah, game, which means it's, the brackets will be delayed. Uh, will be a little delayed. We'll all be yeah. waiting on the Frontier Bowl. Anyway, uh, elsewhere in Texas high school football, he said to himself, "How about Lindale uh, beating? Ch- How about Chapel Lindale Hill? and Chapel? That's the one." You said it on the show. The blueprint to beat Chapel Hill is now out there. It is. Beat, and not, not everyone can follow that blueprint no. because not everyone is as big and physical as Lindale and, Ch- and Bernie are. But the way to beat Chapel Hill is to be big, be physical, run right at them, and keep their offense off the field. Yeah. And that's what Lindale did. Uh, I talked to Coach Reardon, and he, he texted me. He said there was a couple of times it just, it just kind of felt – you know, a little hopeless. They just couldn't get them off the field. You yeah. know, they were trying. They were trying everything, and they just couldn't get a stop to get them off the field. And Lindale is a, is a, for whatever reason, Lindale gives Chapel Hill trouble. They beat, especially in Lindale, they beat Chapel Hill two years ago in Lindale. Mm-hmm. They, they know each other really well. Those coaching staffs know they, each other. They know really each well. other well. The the kids all know each other. They're they're not that far from each other. It's it's a little bit of a rivalry game. I'll be interested. I'll say this. I would not want to be Henderson this week. I think they're going to get a very pissed off Chapel Hill so Bulldog too. team this week. I think so, too. I'm, we dropped Chapel Hill to number 10. I don't. I think there's, you know, I, I still think they have, they have a good shot to beat Kilgore in week mm-hmm. 11. And mm-hmm. you beat Kilgore in week 11, you're, you're feeling okay about things again. Uh, Allen and McKinney. I think we need to have a discussion about McKinney. We do. I think they, I think they got 
I think they got exposed. I don't think I don't think there's any two ways about it. And I think uh, this is this is Louisville all over again. They this, have a lack of offensive identity right now. It's the two. I'm telling you, and I know that two quarterback systems can work. I know they can. But it just felt like I watched a decent amount of this game on Dave Campbell's Texas. Yeah, it's like they're running two different offenses, two different systems. It does, and, and it feels like there's no rhythm. And they're tipping. So then when you have one quarterback out there who's the thrower, you're kind of tipping your hand. I think they just need to pick a guy and, and, and yes. go with him. And, and honestly, if I was in the McKinney, if I was on the McKinney coaching staff, I would push for God's power. God's power. Well, well I mean, I would, I've always pushed for God's power because, you know. You know Bless up. Bless up. But I would push for God, God's power one way hey, to be the guy. Jeremiah Dow, the sophomore quarterback, is very talented. He's going to be the guy next year, and he's got great experience this year, but we're going into week nine. Mm-hmm. We're about to get into a playoff run. I'm sitting down with Jeremiah and saying, hey, we're going to go with God's power as the guy for the rest of the year. You need to be ready. If he gets hurt, you're the guy, but we're going we're going with the senior here. And I think they need to pick a guy. and then Because right now it feels like they're trying to do too much, and they're yes. not good at anything. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's master and none type thing. You yeah. know what I mean? And on the other hand – Credit to Lee Wigginson and the Allen coaches. They have found an identity. Mm-hmm. They figured out what they do well. They have. And they're they're leaning into it. And it's not typical Allen football. Oh. It's not what we're used to seeing. It's not real flashy. It's not real sexy. But they're effective with it. And so I think that's 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 the thing is they found their identity. They figured out what they are. And they and, leaned into it, and it was very impressive. And, Allen, Allen is a team that's now starting to creep back into the state ranking conversation. Mm-hmm. And by the way, don't look now. Go look at Matt Stepp's projections for, for 6AD1 on TexasFootball.com. And you tell me who in 6A Division One Region 1, you are absolutely sure is going to beat Allen. <sighs> Right? Yeah. I like would if pick, it, if I right, would pick right now, North Crowley over them. Right now it might be Louisville in the first round or it might be Coppell in the first round. Right? Uh, uh, Coppell's probably going D2 now. I think it's going to be Plano oh, East. So? Oh. Because uh, Flower okay. Mound beat Hebron. So Coppell's like, back D2. So this is so this is our friend Jerry Forrest at PicksinPrep.com. Yeah. Here's, here's their path right now. And you tell me when Allen's losing. Okay? Louisville. Maybe. Tough game. Tough game. Louisville at their best. And I think credit to Louisville. I think the last couple of weeks they found they, they, they found what worked for them in 2022 and they're sticking with it again. Lake Highlands. They'd be a favorite over Lake Highlands. Euless Trinity. They'd be favored against Trinity. Prosper. Who at that point they probably have already beaten. Pick 'em game, yeah. Pick 'em game. Yeah. At that point you're in a semifinal. Now I have no illusions they're gonna be Duncanville in a semifinal. Yeah. But if you make a semifinal, you've had a spectacular yeah. year. Especially considering where Allen has been the last Especially considering years. they started 0-2, and we were throwing dirt on them. Yeah. It's been anyway. a great, great, great job by the Allen coaching staff and the kids. Anyway, all that is to say, keep an eye on that. Watch, uh, watch, watch this space. Okay. Winsboro and Pottsboro. And Kyler Finney, man, he's he's, he's fun to watch. He's he's got a little bit of Johnny football in him. He is the real stinking you, deal. You watch him play, and he's running around, scrambling, making plays, swashbuckling, playing with swag, playing with confidence. He's he's fun, and they they took it to Pottsboro. They did. They took it to Pottsboro, and, and I'll tell you this: I am sign me up for Malakoff Winsboro in the fourth round if that happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That'll probably be somewhere in the Metroplex. I mean, play the star, baby. Or Mesquite Memorial. Mesquite Memorial, that's right. Sign me up for that. I'd, yeah, I'd be there for that. Uh, and finally, Bridgeland and Cy Ranch. 
Yeah, so I actually had this game on Texan Live Saturday night in the press box while watching uh, San Antonio Taft and San Antonio Sotomayor, and that was pretty much a butt-kicking. Bridgeland rolled. Uh, very impressive win for Bridgeland. Cy Ranch, they're going to be in the playoffs, but you can. Just, I, I just can't see them being – they're kind of a perennial team where we have high hopes for them every year, and then we get in the season, and they just—they're just kind of good, but not great. I think they're looking at seven and four first round playoff exit. And mm-hmm. While Bridgeland, Bridgeland was—it I mean, was forty-two three, and it and was like go, this game's over. So, so they finish at or they finish against Cy Springs week week eleven. That's pretty tasty, but I think they're going to be favorites. Yes, yeah, that's, that's me for the district championship. Be for the district probably. title. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think they're for real. Yeah, I'm I, a fan. Are, are we back on Maximum Bears? We are dangerously close to declaring Maximum Bears. Okay, all right. Keep an eye on that. Uh, anything else from week uh, week mm. eight? I'm trying to think of anything else that caught my eye. That, yeah, I, the Chapel Hill one was the real shocker. Yeah, I think there were a couple. Covered. There were a couple out there that were just real. I'm trying to think of anything else I covered in the instant recap that really really caught my eye. Okay, I will say this: What do we make of? And we may be talking about one of these teams here in a moment. What do we make of Dripping Springs Westlake, which was 14-14 going to the fourth, and then Westlake pulled away and kind of did what Westlake does? I, I think Dripping. First of all, I think Dripping Springs is pretty good. Dripping Springs is good. I think let's. I want to see what Dripping Lake Travis looks like this yeah. week. Get a triangulation game. Yeah, I want to see if, if maybe this was an aberration. If Drip beats Lake Travis, I kind of want to see. I mean, it's pretty clear. Like we said it before, like Westlake and Lake Travis played. Mm-hmm. They're both really good teams, but there's not a lot of buzz about around because I think I think people kind of know these aren't vintage versions of either team this year. Yeah. So, um, but I think Drip, Dripping Springs is a, is a solid team, and I think they're probably if you ask me today, they're probably the number two team in six A Division two Region four behind Vandergrift project, projected. I think that's probably right. Anyway, there it is. There's your week eight recap. It's now time for our Week 9 Game Draft, and it's brought to you by our friends at Community Coffee, who supports and celebrates these thriving communities at the heart of Texas high school football. Community Coffee, strong as our roots. If this is your first episode of Tep and Step, welcome. Here's how it works. Step and I go back and forth selecting games we're most interested in. That's the key. That's the phrase that pays. The phrase that pays is games we're most interested in as I'm reaching for a pen. Up, up. Uh-oh. Oh, no, it fell on the floor. Oh, no. Uh, vamp while I Pickle. go pick up. <laughs> Pickle doesn't need to come get a pen <laughs> off yeah. the floor. But I'm wired in. I'm wired in. Anyway, if this is your first episode we're most interested in, we'll, uh, we'll go five rounds. Let's pick this off the board. We were talking about this. This is actually, I don't know why I'm saying actually. This is a good week of games. It is. This is a darn good week of games. And it's one of those games that's kind of equal opportunity. But it's one of those game, one of those weeks where it's a good slate of games, even if there's some off-brand stars in yeah. the mix. You know, it's it's a good week. It's uh, a fun week. It's a fun for if you're a high school football hipster. Which, by the way, I, I didn't pick my hipster game. Uh, you got to frantically search. For got about an game. hour before. We <laughs> but them. this is a good week for 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 kind of your your not your 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 hipster type mm-hmm. good games. So. Um, and I also here's just, here's the other th- interesting thing about this. Last week, in my opinion, correct me if I'm wrong, Hitchcock and Columbus was a that was Trevor Lawrence. It was number one. Mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. it was it's Caleb Williams. It's Trevor Lawrence. It's the undisputed number one. Yes. going number one. 
I don't know there's an undisputed number one this year. I don't think like, we, I, I, there's I think several there's, good games. I think there's about six really good games that are all about the same level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's why it's so frustrating that uh, we did coin flip for the show. Step one, the coin flip, which means he get the first pick of this week nine game draft. What will go 1-1? One, one? I'm going to go Friday night, 7 o'clock in Silsby. Uh-huh. This is probably as close as we get to yeah. a Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. And by the way, on Texan Live. Yeah, it is. As the um, seventh ranked Hampshire Finette Longhorns visit the second ranked Silsby Tigers in a matchup of unbeatens. Hampshire Finette 8 0, Silsby 7 0. Silsby um, had their bye week already. Hampshire Finette still waiting on that bye. But um, this is the game everyone's been talking about down in, down in Southeast Texas. This is. I got, I got, this is big time stuff right here. I got an email from a viewer of Bally Sports Southwest, and they said, "Hey, like, could you just like, like, could you guys show some the Southeast Texas some love? Like, you know, we we got great football down here and stuff like that." I just wrote back, "I was like, great news." <laughs> yeah. Well, if you, the, great news. Uh, the spotlight's going to be on you this yeah. week. That's for and, sure. And uh, both teams come in hot. I mean, Hampshire Fournette, uh, you know, they, they you know West Orange start two weeks ago took them to overtime. They play a tough game against Jasper. This is really Hampshire Fournette. Hampshire Fournette wins this game. They're going ten and zero. Yes, they're, they're through the tough part of their schedule. They are. Um, they blow past Harden Jefferson forty nine to twelve last week. Um, you know Dante Zeno and the offense just clicking on all cylinders. Hampshire Fournette's defensive line dominant against the Harden Jefferson run game. I love um, the way they run the ball. I love the way Hampshire Fournette's offense is just versatile. Zeno has played quarterback the last two years. He's playing receiver now, but they mix him in in some packages. They they get creative creative ways to get him the football. Mm-hmm. He, he's a fun player to watch, um, and they've been really really good um, all season long. And we we knew that you know talking to Mark Wagner at coaching school, he, he mentioned. How, you know, they had some unlucky injuries last year, but their JV was – and I had uh, Kendrick Crummity at Jasper told me this was the best JV squad he had seen last year. So you take that, yeah. those guys are all going to varsity now, more depth, more 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 talent to be added into an already talented group. And Hampshire, Fournette, this is this is a chance for them to have a big year, and they're, and they're, they're, they're putting it together and taking full advantage of it. On the other side, you got Silsby. <clears throat> and – for as good as Draylon Miller is, he hasn't had that just breakout wow game yet this year. Part of it's been because I think Silsby is save. I, I don't want to say they're saving him, but they they haven't needed to use him. They've been comfortable in pretty much every game, and it's because they've been running the football well. They have. I think Randy Smith. They had all five starters back on the offensive line. They're running the football. They've slowly worked their new quarterback in. He's gotten more and more comfortable as the year's gone along. And Stillsby's defense has been great. They brought back nine starters on defense. They, they were impressive. They, they really haven't had to use Draylon that the, much. The, and the real, the real breakout star and the guy who probably needs to send Draylon Miller like, a, like a, a fruit basket is Ashton Cartwright. Oh, yeah. The other receiver. Because I think if you pay so much attention to Draylon Miller, dude, Ashton Cartwright... Ashton Cartwright would be a number one receiver on ninety percent of the teams in four A. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, We're, he's a stud. This is a kid who 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 is a potential Division one receiver. Yes. I mean, we're talking about a guy who who are, he has a couple of FCS offers already. He's probably gonna he's gonna I, I'm talking he's Ashton Cartwright's gonna commit to an FBS program. I, I, it might be a G five, but. He's he's an FBS player. If that's your number two receiver, right? At four A, 
yeah, I mean, that's At crazy. At 4 Yeah, it's crazy. And then you got a five-star on the other side in Draylon Miller. Now, we say that. Draylon Miller, he didn't he, – Silsby beat – poor Hudson Standish. Silsby beat Liberty last week 49 to nothing. Uh, get, that, get that mud water. Dray, Draylon <laughs> had two touches on the, on the night. Yeah. Uh, that would be a 69-yard touchdown catch and a 62-yard nice. touchdown run. Oh, man. So, two touches. And then he probably sat. Like, yeah, I, I, I didn't watch the game. I presume they pulled him. Yeah, well, yeah. Why two, would you? Two touches, two All touches. So, so obviously, love, you, he's, love he's, you, Liberty. He's as dangerous as ever. That was the reigning. That was the reigning uh, uh, Ozarka Fuel by Nature team of the week. By the way, they beat Liberty like it oh. fills me. Why wow, you can't do Liberty like that? What are they Liberty doing? was the team of the week, and then they and then they could look, you know, beat him like know, that. Liberty just hasn't been the same since Hudson, uh, since a Hudson Standish quarterback to Liberty seven on seventeen beat Brownwood at State seven on seven that year. They just haven't been the same. They don't have they don't have the rocket launcher. No, uh, they don't have they don't have that dog in them. Uh-uh. Um, and Silsby, that's so, the so, most we're going to talk about Liberty yeah, yeah, the all entire year. season. There you go, Hudson. So enjoy um, it, Silsby. The, the the concern for Hampshire Finette, as good as their defensive line is, I've got some concerns about their secondary. And Silsby is the wrong team to have secondary concerns against. Mm-hmm. I think Draylon, this is this is the game where Draylon goes nuts, where he gets like twelve catches for two forty and three touchdowns. This is the game. I think this is a superstar game. I think it and is. This is a star making game. Is Silsby has the Draylon Miller quarterback package? Oh, Don't be surprised if they bust that out as well. They, they busted out in the playoffs last year, the Draylon Miller Wildcat quarterback package. Don't be surprised if you see some Draylon Miller taking snaps and just going going crazy. Uh, two key players to watch. Trey Kibbles, running back for Silsby, gives them that balance that you can't just pin your ears back. Mm-hmm. And Drew Pritchard, who leads the Hampshire Finnette defense. This Hampshire Finnette defense has 74 tackles for loss and 19 sacks. Yeah, they're really good up front. Their front yeah. seven is legit. Mm-hmm. Here's the other stat. Silsby, 11 straight wins over Hampshire Finnette. They're 12-1 and one in their last 13 against Hampshire Finnette. They've owned the series. And especially at home, feels like Silsby's got to be your favorite here. Okay. Big game in Hardin County. By the way, my, my uh, hipster game is going to be 4A Division One. Okay, I will, I'll write that down, 4A D1. My first pick, Matthew, let's bounce up to... No. We're going to the coast. Okay. We're going 7 o'clock, I presume. 7 o'clock Friday night at Buccaneer Stadium in... Uh, in in Corpus Christi, mm. as the game of the year in Corpus Christi, the Corpus Christi Miller Buccaneers welcome in the Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial Eagles. And l- five weeks ago, we sat here and we talked about how PSJA North and Edinburgh Vela were playing the game of the year in the Valley. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is the other game of the year in 5A Division One Region 4. Mm-hmm. And this will set fully set the table for what looks like still, unless there's something you want to throw out there, a four-team dogfight for Region 4 supremacy. Well, four-team battle royale. Well, four-team battle royale mm-hmm. between Vela and PSJ North and these two teams. And the crazy thing is, they're going to play each other. Some combination of those four are going to play in the ra- and most likely play in round two, mm-hmm. and then the winners will probably meet in round four. So, I was under the impression that this was supposed to be a down year for Corpus Christi Miller, 
uh, or really for both, for Vets mm-hmm. and for Miller. Mm-hmm. And yet both these teams are looking pretty good. They look like they usually look, and right? And let me tell you something. This Miller offense is stupid. They're so they're so talented. They're, they're so explosive. They're so explosive. Trevor Long, their quarterback, is averaging 18.4 yards per completion. I had several people tell me they think he's the best quarterback in South Texas. And uh, I'm, I'm not here to argue. Okay. I mean, uh, maybe Atsel Chavez or, or uh, yeah. J.J. Acosta have, yeah. you know, but Trevor Long is right there with him. Here's the other thing. Um, with, we just talk, got done talking about Silsby. Silsby, you have Draylon Miller, uh, Miller and Ashton Cartwright, two really good receivers, right? Miller's got five. They rotate a lot. Now, they don't have a Draylon Miller. They don't have a, yeah. they don't have a one. But they got like five twos. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Between the junior, uh, Ethan Vela, between Jaden Brown, between Corey Holmes, between Roger Taylor, between Damari Lister. They're, they, can, they can comfortably go five wide with five wide receivers and be like any one of these guys we're comfortable throwing to. And the thing that Miller does well with Holmes and Lister is they're versatile. They can line them up at running back. So you can't really person yeah. you can't really get tipped off in their formations by personnel because those guys can line up at receiver or running backs. So they they can really their versatility can really put defenses in a bind. And by the way, defense for the most part pretty good. Which now, has been a concern for that's Miller. Been a concern. Now, the you could make an argument there's that there's an argument to be made that the one time they played a comp a good offense, they got touched up by Victoria East. That is one thing mm-hmm. to keep in mind as they take on a Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial team, which was decidedly supposed to be down this year. Like yeah. this was supposed they graduated super heavy. This was supposed to be a rebuilding year for Ben Bittner and company. Well Ben Bittner's a good coach. That that dude knows how to coach. That the sophomore quarterback, Billy White, the third, I think, has really yeah. emerged. And he's a coach. He's the he's the son of the Veterans Memorial basketball coach. Yeah. So he's emerged. Christian Sabsuk was kind of their one real key player that came back from last year. I think he's committed to Air Force right now. Um, uh, the Luke Johnson kid has yeah. been really good for for vets. The concern I have for vets though is 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 they just haven't been able to get the running game untracked. This is a Thursday, by the way. I yeah, I'm, I'm going to be there. I forgot. I forgot. I, was, I said Friday. It's Thursday. Oh, it's okay. But yeah, this is that is to me. I think you're right. If let's let's talk about like I mean Billy White, he's over two thousand yards in a year. Mm-hmm. He has twenty two touchdowns to one interception. Yeah. He's that's completing it. 63% of his passes. That's a coach's kid stat line right For a there. sophomore. He's not, he's not making mistakes. No. And they've got they've got plenty of playmakers themselves. They feel really good, but Sabsuk is de- decide they have they are a lot closer to having a, a one in, in Sabsuk. Yeah, Sabsuk's the uh, uh, a well-defined one and, and Johnson's a, yeah. a very co- competent number two. Very very competent. Johnson had the big game last week for yeah. Vets, so I think he had 221 and three touchdowns yeah. and returned a kickoff for a touchdown. I so last year, you remember, Vets beat Miller in yes. a tight game. Vets came back late. I, yes. I think they were down two scores and, and scored and recovered an onside. M- Miller let it slip away. Yeah, they did. I think that stings for Miller. It does. I they think Vets him, is in their head a little bit. They get him at home I think now. They've won the last. I think Miller beat Miller beat Vets the first time they played, and I think Vets has won every meeting since. That is noble. They're eight and one. You're right. Uh, yeah. Now they lost in 2019, but yeah, they've they won four, lost one, won four. Did Vets? Yeah. I think Miller gets a little revenge. I think that this offense is on a different 
level right now. And I think that they get a little bit of revenge in what may be a bit of a firefight. But I'm very... I think it's going to be high scoring. I think it's going to be high scoring. And it's going to be a fun atmosphere. It's going to be on live television down there. Um, it's going to be... I. If if not sold out, darn near sold. I, I will I will go ahead and go on record and say there, there will be. Buck Stadium holds about fourteen thousand. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say there's gonna be at least ten thousand there Thursday night. It's gonna be a, an atmosphere. It's gonna be a scene. It will be. It'll be awesome. Yeah. I like Miller in a close one. Like Miller in a close one. I think it's a good game. What is your second pick, Matthew? I'm gonna go Friday night at Astound Broadband Stadium in Midland. I am I am uh, <laughs> I am I'm a uh, conscientious objector to yeah. changing the name it's, of the stadium. It's, it's Grande. To <laughs> it's us. Grande. It's Grande. I, like I didn't even like I just call it Grande because it's like it feels big. It does. <laughs> it, it is a big yeah. nice stadium. Uh, I don't know if anyone had this on their bingo card. Just like we all thought. <laughs> as uh, five and two, Odessa High, Odessa High, the Broncos take on checks notes seven and zero Midland. The Bulldogs, Midland High, um, for sole possession of first place in the Little Southwest Conference. Um, if you had this as your as your matchup for first place in Week Nine, then you should go to Vegas right now because mm-hmm. no one had this game for sole possession of first place. It's a big game. The winner of this game basically clinches a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. And the two original schools in each city have long been uh, played second fiddle in their respective communities as Odessa High has been basically little brothered by Odessa Permian for 50, 60 years. Midland High has been little brothered by Midland Lee slash Midland Legacy for the better part of the past 50, 60 years. And Odessa High beat Permian this year. Do you remember in the preseason when Odessa High did their, did their photo shoot and they did the photo shoot in front of the Odessa Permian signs mm-hmm. at the, on campus? And I was like, well, that's a bold move. They backed it up and beat them. And Midland has not played Midland Legacy yet. But Midland, I mean, under Thad Fortune, they've done a great Dude. job. They're, they're one of the great best stories in Texas high school football that no one's talking about. Right now, right now, is there a bigger, like, upside-down district than 2-6-A? It's a mess. Like, the only thing that's basically held to form is, like, we kind of thought Central was going to struggle a little bit this year. thought San Angelo would struggle. But here's, here's, my, here's my prediction about 2-6-A. Okay. San Angelo's going to beat someone oh, yeah. and ruin their season, and it's going to keep them out of the playoffs. It might be this week against Legacy. Because San Angelo is not far off. No, if Legacy, if Legacy farts around, let one score, one, one game beat yeah. them twice, like, yeah. that's in San Angelo. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm sorry. That's not here nor there. Uh, let's talk about Odessa High first. Uh, no, no, no hangover effect after they beat Permian in overtime, 49 to 42, two weeks ago. They just said, "Ah, we'll just play another overtime game against San Angelo, and just beat them 71 to 70 in overtime." Um, quarterback Mikey Coda just went off. Dude, this is a stupid stat line. 534 yards passing, seven touchdowns, a touchdown rushing, and also the game-winning two-point conversion in overtime because Dusty Ortiz just let them all hang out uh, Friday night as uh, as down 70 after after scoring the touchdown in overtime, the first overtime to make it 70 to 69. He said, "Screw it, we're going for two in the win," and they sit there and Coda gets the win. Uh, uh, quarterback quarterback sweep to the to the corner of the end zone gets it done. OHS beats San Angelo 71 to 70. Uh, plenty of skill kids had big mm-hmm. games for Odessa. When you score t- when you score ten touchdowns, you're going to have a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. Um, the headliner is obviously Ivan Carrion, the Oklahoma commit. Um, he had a touchdown catch and I think 163 yards receiving in the win. But he- he's the he's the main target. But Odessa High has plenty of other playmakers. 
The defense a little shaky, uh, and that's that's the concern going into this game because Midland is going to run the football and run the football and run the football. And I wonder if Odessa is going to be able to get them off the field in this game, where Midland just may hold on to the football and keep Odessa just on the sidelines. Um, Midland pulled a little bit of upset last week. They, they went to Friendship and beat Friendship 38-28. Wolf for Friendship's 0-2 in district right now. Yeah, and they're they're in they're in they're the in danger they're, zone. They're, they're in danger zone. They're zero and two. Midland's defense forced five turnovers, which was key, obviously. And Elijah McCoy had another big game with three touchdown runs for for Mid- the Midland Bulldogs. But you know what Midland's going to do? They're gonna, they're going to run the football. They run the option. They they get under center, and they try to gr- grind you down. I think that matchup is a tough matchup for Odessa. I think Midland gets this win at home and, in essence, locks up a playoff spot. And for Odessa, you fall to 2-1. and one. Now you kind of, like you talked about with uh, San Antonio Harlandale, now they're they're kind of falling into that soup. And that soup is a lot different in 2-6A because there's six teams fighting for, for four spots. So you, you're, you, got, you're, you don't want to be one of those two teams that gets left out. But I'm excited. I think it's really cool that, that these two, Odessa High and Midland High, are battling for the district lead in, in, mm-hmm. in, a, in this little Southwest Conference. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, it, this is a fun matchup, and, like, someone's kind of dream season is going to continue here. Yeah. And going to feel like they have every right to think they can win the, the district championship, which is one of those districts where that still means a lot. So, Absolutely. Good, good pick. Get on up with Dark and Bold from Community Coffee. at your local grocery or communitycoffee.com. All right. My second pick, Matthew. Just like we all predicted, let's go to Fannin County. <laughs> 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Warrior Stadium in Honeygrove. Beautiful, scenic Honeygrove. Um, Do you know where Honeygrove is? It's in Fannin County. Just oh, no, Fannin County. It's the sweetest, sweetest town in Texas. Uh, as kind of halfway between Bonham and Paris. As the 6-0 Honeygrove Warriors take on the 6-1 Cooper Bulldogs uh, in a game that we're going to call the rent is due. Do you have it? Yeah, I like <laughs> it. Because here it is. This is it. Honeygrove. Let's stop right now. The most interesting team in, in Texas. Yeah. Well, their fans have been clamoring to get into the state rankings. And I'm like, I oh, think they're really man. good, but no one's losing in front of them to, to open a no, spot. No, I know. They're in the wrong division. 2A the, Division One is unusually deep this year. It's the wrong – they're in the wrong class that you need somebody to lose in front of because it's been very, very, like, consistent's the wrong word. Just, like – It's deep. Reliable and deep. There's, there's, yeah. And there's five or six teams outside yeah. of the top ten that With probably a have plan. a good case to be made. And it's, 2A Division One's unusually deep this year. But Honeygrove, um, Shane Fletcher – do we need to start talking about his job security? Because uh, they they're falling apart here. They gave up a field goal to Quinlan Bowles last week. I, I don't know what's going on. There. What is going? What is wrong in Honeygrove? Eight 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 seven eight seven. Line them up. Yeah. Um, it is a. Uh, but it is a a very. Um, this is a a a, a Honeygrove team. The motto is no points, no punts. Okay. <laughs> We confirm with Shane Fletcher they still have not punted this year. They have now allowed the three points to Quinlan Bowles, so they've outscored Just their opponents three twenty to their three. Their defense has fallen apart. They're three twenty to three. They've get they're giving it up, and they are. <coughs> 
I mean, the defense speaks for itself. It's been spectacular. And the offense, running game, Rylan Morris, Dion Morris, they run the ball really well, and the, the ground and pound is alive. But we mentioned the rents come due, and here's the landlord, Cooper, mm-hmm. okay? Because they are because because if you want to make an argument of, against Honeygrove, uh, to borrow a phrase from one of my favorite podcasts, uh, ain't played nobody. Mm-hmm. Their opponents, their best win of the year, is over probably over Alba Golden still. Alba Golden presently ranked fifty third in our computer rankings, or maybe it's Sims Bowie. Who they beat, 47 nothing. It's a Division two team, yeah, it's though. D2 team. It's a good Division two team. This is the best team that they have played. I mean, I, maybe Howe. Week one, they beat Howe, 62-0, although Howe just got <laughs> launched into the sun by Gunner. <laughs> um, Gunner. Gunner's doing that to a lot of people. But here's, I mean, Howe's what fine, I'm, but they're What I'm saying is Honeygrove has not played. This is an alien to Honeygrove compared to what they've oh, seen. Oh, yeah. Because Cooper is a certified regional contender. Yeah, they were 13-1 and one last year. They were, yeah, they were a regional finalist a year ago. They're a certified regional contender. And my, so now, like, you know what they're going to do? Markel Smith and Ken Ingram, and they're going to run the ball. Their offense has been rolling of late. They have the one loss to Hooks, state-ranked 3A team, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. That's the thing is Cooper has pe- played... Just the Hooks game alone yes. is just... That would be the toughest team Honeygrove has played by a mile. Yeah, it's not even close. Yeah. And so this is the test, and we will find out more about Honeygrove in these 48 minutes than we've learned in the previous six games combined mm-hmm. because this is it. By the way, their defense has been pretty good as well. I think this game comes down to who's got more in the tank, and that's why I think Cooper has an advantage. Because they've had to play competitive fourth quarters, mm-hmm. they've had to they've had to grind a little bit. Honeygrove's run away and hid. Yeah, they had to play four quarters all year. And so I think now, but here's the other thing: I'm picking Cooper. Okay, I'm picking Cooper. As am I. But I also have no idea, like because here's the thing about Honeygrove. Maybe they're just that good. Because Honeygrove, all you can do is play the teams in front of you. And they've done what great teams would do to a weak schedule, mm-hmm. which is just kick the dog out of them. Yeah. I, I'm not here to tell you it's a 0% chance for, for them to beat them. I think they're underdogs, in my opinion. But it also would, like, we could be in here next Monday saying, can you believe Honeygrove beat them 31-21? I, I, think, I, I think we can go ahead and say if Honeygrove wins, they will be state ranked this week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. This is this is this, this is, is it. Because here's and here's it's, the it's, it's the litmus test. It's these two because they play they play Cooper and the next week's Wolf City. And those are the two there's three great teams in this district and it's it's Cooper, Wolf City and, and Honeygrove. And we'll find out everything we need to know in these yeah. next two weeks. Agree. But fascinating matchup in Fannin County because it's just it's so rare to have a team this dominant and be like, All right, come and do. We don't know how good you are yet. Yeah. Anyway. What is up? What is your third pick? I'm going to go uh, Thursday night, 7 o'clock, at Tarleton Memorial Stadium in Stephenville, where a good number of the Dave Campbell's crew will be Thursday night as the 6-2 and two China Spring Cougars visit Stephenville to take on the 5-2 and two Stephenville Yellow Jackets in a 
a rare Thursday treat due to Tarleton State's Tarleton's homecoming on Thursday night. Okay, we're on the we're on the premium podcast, and I also know my my wife's not going to listen to this. So my wife is part of a church group. It's like mm-hmm. a mom's church group, mm-hmm. and they meet like they meet once a month on Thursday nights, and it's this Thursday. Even though we've had this game, on, mm-hmm. well, what am I going to tell my wife? No, don't go and spend time with your friend or like with your with your church friends mm-hmm. with the Lord. Don't go to church. So I'm on mm. kid duty, so I can't go, and it stinks. But I am going to stream it. Okay, I'm going right. to watch it. Right. I'm mad about it. <clears throat> I, I do love the Lord, though. <laughs> <laughs> Catholics back on top. Catholics back on top. Notre Dame big win. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> Overheard on Tepest Step. I do love the Lord. <laughs> I do love the Lord. Somebody, somebody needs to start an Overheard on on Tepest Step yeah. Twitter account. And just, oh, oh, somebody's going to. Yeah, oh my God. Overheard on Tepest Step. I do love the it's, Lord. It's, it's either going to be Hudson or Dustin Win in Houston. Who's going to? One of those two yeah. are going to do, do it. I'm sure. Anyway. Um. <laughs> So on to, on to this game. On which to is a very good game. Stephenville, which is going to be a great game, and Pickle and Pickle and Carter and Ish and Powers are going to have a great time down in Stephenville. And hope I need to send them a couple places to eat. Um, China Spring last week they they almost got bit by the upset bug, and I'm start, I'm starting to become a believer in Waco La Vega and that and that dynamic Don Hyde offense there for the Pirates as they push China Spring to the limit. 52-49. to 49. That China Spring needed Cash McCollum to put the cape on last week. Mm-hmm. And Cash McCollum did. The UNT commit um, threw for six touchdowns and 392 yards. He ran for a score and 51 yards. They, they, they needed every bit of it. I think China Springs scored very late to win this game. Um, they did. They scored with under two minutes to go. Yeah. Might have been under a minute. Offense and, for China Spring. And by the way, Lavega was throwing into the end zone. Yeah. Offense for China Spring is not a concern. No notes, man. They are Grayson Martin, uh, the running back Kyle Barton, Cash McCollum, they, they're fine. Defense, dude. There's been several games they've been shaky. Do you know what's so funny? Do you know who they are? Who's that? China Spring is 2022 Stephenville. Yeah, yeah. That good. was the whole bit on Stephenville yeah. last year. Was they played all these close games, these high-scoring wild slugfests. They're winning them all, and they're winning them. Yeah, like that's the comp. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Stephenville says hello. Hello. Uh, they've been there before, and Stephenville did not have a close game last week. They, uh, they they were coming off their bye week, and they they did what they should do to walk Hatchy Life, forty nine to nineteen. Ryan Gafford has two hundred sixty three yards passing, two touchdowns. Uh, Latrell Titus ran for one hundred sixty seven yards and five touchdowns uh, for the Jackets. Tristan Gentry is one of the best wide receivers in the state that no one talks about. The Stephenville offense is is still really good. I do think Stephenville's defense has taken a step forward this year. They are improved, and that I think that's what gives them a, a, a really good shot in this game. I don't think they're going to hold China Springs' offense in check, but even though China Spring is ranked, I think China Spring is ranked fifth, I've fourth got it or right fifth here. this week. Uh, China Spring is fourth, and, and Stephenville seventh. seventh. I think Stephenville's winning this game at home. It was a close one last year. I got some concerns about China Springs' defense. Mm-hmm. I think Stephenville's defense finds a way in crunch time this year to get the stop they couldn't get last year. So I'm going to take Stephenville in a slight upset over the, this defending state champs. This is a bat- battle of the last two four A Division One state champions: mm-hmm. Stephenville in 2021, mm-hmm. China Spring in 2022. I'm going with Stephenville. I just have a feeling. I, that's not a bad feeling, and I do think this is a close game. But I have learned from experience that if the game is close, 
China Spring finds a way. Mm-hmm. They're like the Scots. They find a way. And that, for me, last... C-S-F-W? Yeah. yeah. F-A-W? Uh, that is... Shout out, Spring, China Spring finds a way. Um, that's what I... I don't know. They're, like, I... Until they get beat in a close game, because look at like look at all their losses, right? Their lo- well, n- that's actually not true. They lost to Middle Lothian Heritage in the opener, or no? That was um, that, that was, was Stephen. I'm sorry. Uh, look at their look at their losses. Like like if you're gonna beat them, you kind of got to beat the brakes off. You got to blow them out. You got to yeah. blow them out. Like they lost by 30 to to Melissa. They lost by 16 to Parish Episcopal. If you're gonna beat them, if it's close, they're gonna find a way. Yeah. Like that's my thing, and so. In a close game, I've got to go with Stephenville. I'm very jealous you guys get to go, but it'll be a fun matchup. I hope you guys have fun. Matt Step, let's go. Boy, I am small school, Tepper. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Eagle Stadium in Brock. A state-ranked 3A matchup. Possibly on Texan Live. We're efforting. As the... What's Brock's record? They got something dumb as usual. <laughs> Sorry, Brock. Four and three. Love you guys. Four and three. The four and three. Brock, I love Brock. We love Billy Mathis. <laughs> they make our job ranking them so difficult. I know. Because, like, all we hear from people is like, why is Brock? Brock has three losses. What are they doing in seventh? It's like, well, we'll get to that in a moment. As they take on the 8 0 Paradise Panthers. So, Brock goes through that. that the hellscape of a non-district schedule. They go one and three in that non-district schedule. Get a win mm-hmm. over Hershey, which is nice. Uh, Especially after Hershey beat mm-hmm. Graham a couple of weeks ago. And since they've gotten into district play, um, they have taken it personally. Very personally. Matt mm-hmm. Stepp, they've beaten their three district opponents by a combined 202 to three. <laughs> now, now, it's the, now, to be clear, it's the dregs of that district. Well, is it? Last well, they've week? beaten uh, Boyd, Peaster, and then well, Whitesboro. You're right. Whitesboro's a playoff team. They're down this year, but, but they're a playoff team. Yeah, they're getting the playoffs because. Uh, well, I will say this: there are three teams. Peaster, Peaster, Pilot Point, and Boyd are all down bad. Now they played two of them already. Yeah, but they have clobbered people. And Whitesboro, remember the whole Brock Whitesboro thing last year? That was fun. That feels. Eons ago, yeah, a long way feels off. a long way off because they put it on them. And I'll I'll tell you, their defense. I mean, they've been playing like lighter opposition, so the defense look good. But I think the growth of Brody Woods, their quarterback, mm-hmm. has made a huge difference. So it used to basically be like Brett Tudor, please go save us, and now they can throw the ball a little yeah. bit, and they've started to really open things up offensively. Here's Paradise. Paradise, eight zero. Just like they were going into the Brock game last year. Yeah, they were 8-0 last year, too. And they've been exceptional, especially defensively, giving up six points again. Defense has been excellent. Now, this is also their toughest game of the year. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, now, they, you know, their quarterback, Austin Iglesias, a dude. Hashtag dude rock. He is a dude. He's a dude. I've seen him. I've se- I saw him play last year in person, and he, he was very impressive. This is their toughest game, bar none. Coming into tonight, this game... Because they have gone through all three of those pretty struggling teams, mm. right? They've played Pilot Point, Boyd, and Peaster, plus Ponder. Although, you know, Ponder one's aging pretty well. Ponder? Yeah. Ponder's got a little something. Anyway, all that's to say, this is their toughest game of the year by far. This is also a game that matters a lot to them because Brock has... Go flashback to last year. We're talking about this game. 
Brock and Paradise, and Paradise felt like we got him. We got him. Yeah, Brock needed a late score to win. I think it's one of the closing seconds of that game last year. This game's at Brock, though. I think that's a big challenge. Mm-hmm. And I also just think that I know which of these teams is battle-tested. You know what I yeah. mean? And this is the type of game where that battle-testing matters a lot to me. Absolutely. I like Brock. I think it's close like it was last year, but I do think that Brock comes away with a win. And if they blow him out, then we really need to start having a conversation about where Brock stacks up in the 3AD1 picture. Because Paradise is a darn good ball club. But I think on the road, you're asking a lot. So I like Brock and Paradise. What is your fourth pick, Matthew? Going to go to the Alamo City. Saturday night, 7 o'clock at Ferris Stadium. A matchup of unbeatens in 29-6A. Just like we all predicted. As the San Antonio Harlan Hawks at 8-0 take on the San Antonio J Mustangs at 7-0. And uh, I think a district title is getting decided Saturday night, Tepper. And I'm yeah. going to be there for it. I'm excited. Um, and I think we, we both thought these teams would be improved this year. But I don't know if we thought either one would be contending for a district championship. I think we kind of assumed Brennan would still run mm-hmm. the table in 29-6A. Mm-hmm. And remember, how, you know, flashback to uh, the summer, Greg Tepper, when we, we talk about 7-on-7, seven seven, you know, and we, we, we talk about teams and things that we see that kind of should give us indicators for the season. I hadn't and, thought about this until just now when you started the sentence. San Antonio J. Uh-huh. Qualified for state seven on seven this year. And we were like, okay, you know, cool, good for them. But maybe we should have thought, you know what? Maybe San Antonio J is a little bit better than we in- originally anticipated because they're doing really well throwing the ball around and playing defense, and and it's it's proved to be true this year. They have been a a very solid team led by Jackson Gutierrez, the quarterback, who is the son of head coach Gary Gutierrez. So coach's kid leading the offense. Jay's got he, a great senior class. Let me tell you. And I'm not like he's a good-looking kid. Like he looks, he's he's like built like kind of a modern quarterback. He's like he's a little thicker, yeah. right? He's a good-looking player. Yeah, and, and they've got a they've got a, a cast of seniors that some of them are. I think I think they've got several three-year starters and a couple of four-year starters mixed in there. This core has been together for a while and taking their lumps at Jay, and they they made some improvements last year. They they they, they got a little bit better as the year went along, and they they this year they're they're just. They're playing great football. They, mm-hmm. you know, last week you look at the game against Holmes and Holmes is down bad. They're they're kind of the yeah. you can't take the, anything. From they're in the basement of the district. Much, yeah. They beat Holmes fifty three twenty five, and I, I, honestly, they got they got out to a big lead. You know, Gutierrez and Jack Mata combined for six touchdowns on the ground. They get the starters out. Holmes puts up a couple of garbage touchdowns late in the game. So, I, you know, Jay blows past Holmes. You can't take too much from it though. Um, Harlan also played their last game against Holmes. As two weeks ago, they uh, – I was thinking last week they uh, – so, so, excuse me, Jay uh, had the week off. So they played Holmes two weeks ago. Harlan played Holmes last week and beat Holmes 49-12. to mm-hmm. Harlan had 567 yards of offense. Noah Ferris throws for 304, yard, 304 yards, four touchdowns. Peyton Matthews, 70 yards rushing and a touchdown, 111 receiving yards and two touchdowns. Very dynamic Harlan offense. Harlan's going to have the edge with the skill kids. They're going to they're going to be a little bit deeper. They're 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 a, a bigger school than Jay. Jay Jay, here's a little realignment talk. Don't be surprised if San Antonio Jay drops to five A next year. Really? They're they're kind of in a landlocked older part of the west side of San Antonio, not growing as much. Harlan is outside the loop. Lots of growth. So just kind of keep an eye on that. Um, Jay has the edge of having the off weeks. They've been get, they've been prepping for Harlan for two weeks, so that that is a big advantage. I think if Harlan 
Harlem having played Saturday is a, at a little bit of a disadvantage, but but this this game is on Saturday this week, so Harlem's going to get a full week to prepare. So that disadvantage is a little bit negated. Mm-hmm. I think Harlem's a little bit too dynamic, especially in the passing game. Yeah, that's what's going to put him over the top in this matchup. I don't know if Jay has enough playmakers to keep up with Harlem. So I'm giving the edge to Harlem, but I think this is a really exciting, fun Saturday night game between two teams. The, this game is actually not on my schedule originally. I was actually going to go to a different game in San Antonio uh, Saturday this night. Is your bonus game? Well, I was going to go to a game at that at that time anyway, but I just just called a little bit of audible. I mean, I mm-hmm. saw this, I saw this kind of coming a couple weeks ago, and I was like, I'm I'm calling calling ISO in this game. So really excited to make my second straight trip to Ferris Stadium, and I think Harlan in that in that pa- passing game is the difference. Okay, I think you're I think you're probably right. That's a that's a fascinating game. Um, I'm very intrigued to see how that all shakes out uh, because that that district is still very much yeah it's starting needs to, some sorting. It's starting to come together. I watched Taft uh, last Saturday. They beat Sotomayor, so I think Taft's got the inside tracks that four spot, and Brennan's probably the three seed. So I think we're really looking at barring upsets, Harlan and Jay battling for that district championship. It's a good week, Matt Step, in a few different areas of the state. And one of the places that it's the it's it's a real hotbed. Like last week, we talked about San Antonio and the Big Country, both real hot areas of the state. One of the areas of the state, and this is a little hipstery, a little off board. Matt Stubb, let's go seven o'clock Thursday night at the Socorro Athletic Complex in okay. El Paso, America. Okay, the nine one five stand up as. The sixth and one and five and zero in district, El Paso Eastwood Troopers uh, visit the four and three and four and one in district, El Paso Montwood Rams in a game with a ton of playoff implications. Because I don't know, I don't know if you've taken a ton, a, a whole look at District One Six A standings recently, but uh, buddy, we are heading for a mess okay mm-hmm. we are heading for a real there's going to be an ugly tiebreaker in this one you can already see it coming mm-hmm. because these teams are all pretty evenly matched okay. a lot of these teams are all evenly matched let's talk about eastwood who is the only undefeated team in district eight five uh in district one six a uh undefeated district i should say because they did uh take on uh they, they made the uh the bold decision to uh, open the game, open the season at uh, at South Lake Carroll. Yeah, they're coached by a crazy person. Co- Julia Lopez is a crazy person. But I'll say this in the most complimentary way. I'll say this: uh, it, it works, it does. and and the offense has been rolling. Evan Minyaras, their quarterback, the real deal. He is the real deal. Uh, and uh, and by the way, I don't know if you know this, but uh, this is this is important breaking news. You will only get get here. Well, you want the Rangers Astros score? No, what you were saying no. Okay. I was gonna give it to you if you wanted it. They have a senior wide receiver, uh, El Paso Montwood, and he is not there. He's like their fifth leading receiver, uh, whose name is Maximus Mancia. Okay. Maximus, dude's rock. Yeah. But they got a number of playmakers. They can they can they can throw the ball all over the yard. And by the way, he's their. I'm sorry, he's their star running back too. He's their okay. leading rusher too. Maximus Mancia, that rocks. I should name my kid Maximus. 
It's not think, just named you think, Max. You think Tep Wife will approve? Do you think we can amend like a birth? What? How do you go? How do you amend a birth certificate? Somebody Google that. Um, anyway, Minyars and Mencia have been fantastic, and uh, there are some questions. I have some concerns on the defensive side. Now, part of it goes back to their their numbers are skewed because they got a seventy burger hung on by South Lake Carroll. Yeah, and teams like Eastwood are tough on the defense because the, the complimentary the football ball doesn't really right. work. Yeah. They, they they score so fast, and the defense is back out there again. So it's you know. I think finding a running game, a consistent running game, would benefit Eastwood, especially as playoff time gets closer. I really do like this Montwood team, even if their their record doesn't indicate that they're that they're like I think they're better than their record indicates. At least they're more fun than their record indicates. Okay, they got a good quarterback in Michael Southern. This Diego Ogzaka, the 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 receiver, he's a he's a playmaker. I want to say he's a prospect. Uh, did I make that up? Did I make that up? Um. I think he should be a prospect. He rocks. Uh, but the other thing is they, they can run the ball pretty well uh, as well with guys like uh, Isaiah Claudio. Their, their offense is pretty balanced. Their defense is a little bit more reliable. A mm-hmm. little bit more reliable. There's a lot on the line here. For Montwood, I'm sorry, for Eastwood, if you win this game, you're feeling good. Everything kind of flows from there. You've you got head-to-head wins over the two yes. teams that can challenge you for the district championship. Franklin and Eastlake down the stretch are going to be desperate, but like you can probably afford to split those and still win the district championship, mm-hmm. right? If you're Montwood and you win this game, you can thrust 1-6-A into complete and total chaos. Correct. And that's what I think they want to do. I like Eastwood. I like their playmaking ability to come up with a couple of plays. But this does feel a little shootouty. Yes. Feels shootouty. I like Mont- or I like Eastwood well, in this one. This is a huge on. game for Montwood because a, a loss here pretty much locks Montwood into the D1 number two seed. Uh-huh. So, Which means a, a you could be, playoff pass. could be on the road to Midland Legacy, for example. Yes, so much tougher. Or, I mean, Midland Odessa, yeah. district champion. Yeah, who knows? Odessa. Yeah. Exactly right. Anyway, that is my pick. I like Eastwood and Montwood. What is your fifth and final pick, Matthew? I can't believe this is still on the board, but I'm going with it. It's it's a big Thursday night this week. It is. There's real, a lot of great Thursday. games on Thursday this weekend. Uh, I'm taking one in South Texas Thursday night, 7 o'clock, at a stadium you've been to. Far Memorial Stadium. I almost took this as my fourth pick because I knew you were going to take it with your fifth pick. <laughs> as the Checks Notes 7 and 0 Roma Gladiators take on Checks Notes 7 and 0 PSJ <laughs> Memorial Wolverines in a game that no one, you want to talk about Odessa and Midland being a game no one had on their board. No one in their right mind anywhere in the world had Roma and PSJ Memorial at 7 and 0 playing each other in week nine. And here we are. This is what makes high school football fun. Games like this, as these these two are upstage, upstaging Harlingen and San Benito this week. Mm-hmm. Now they're on different days, but this yes. is the game of the week in the valley, in my oh, opinion. Yeah. As Roma, both teams love to run the football. Roma comes in after pulling off a huge upset of Sherryland Pioneer, forty-eight forty-one last week, and the workhorse was Isaac Lozano, uh, thirty carries. 285 yards rushing and five touchdowns in the win. Uh, Roma ran for 510 yards last week against Pioneer. They just said, Dude. you know what? We're just going to do what we do. We're going to we're going to we're just going to line up and run right at you and run you over. And that's what they that's what they do. They play physical football. There's no uh, n- nothing fancy about it. There's no no uh, no, no pretenses. It's just line up and run you over. 
Uh, PSJ Memorial slot, slot T, baby. Slot T's the devil. It's a little. They're a little more balanced. They'll. They, they now they are very run heavy. Will Littleton is Bill Littleton's son, and they do like to run the football. You Bill Littleton, are joking. Uh, is former McAllen Memorial, long time McAllen Memorial head coach who recently retired. Uh, Will Littleton is uh, a. a New age version of his dad, but they he he's a lot of the things that his dad does they do at PSA Memorial mm-hmm. and they're doing it well. Uh, they've kind of got a dual threat backfield with uh, Emmy Kalunga and Ryan Reyna. They had 247 yards rushing and four touchdowns in a 50 to 20 blowout of Sherryland last week. Big win for PSJ Memorial. And Memorial had two other backs pick up at least 40 yards rushing, so they spread it around a lot. Um, I'm going to say this. If you like old-school smash-mouth football games that are going to last about two hours, this is the place for you Friday night. Go down to Far. Go eat. What was that place we ate at where I got the bonus hot dog? Oh, go, God. Whatever that place. On, like, right go the eat highway. there. Go eat there. Whatever the <laughs> real descriptive place. Just Google bonus hot dog Matt Stutt. <laughs> We'll we it. definitely tweeted about it. That could a year be NSFW, ago. though. I don't know, but <laughs> I don't know. But uh, that's where I had the bonus hot dog and far. Shout out far. Great. That was a great. That was a great. That was a great trip. We didn't do a road trip. We got the this air, year. we got the Airbnb. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't do a road. We didn't. Next year, I, I think we should go back to El Paso next year. That's my. That's my vote for next year. That or like Panhandle. Next year's like, road. Yeah, let's, yeah. Go, let's go back to El Paso. Okay. Um, I think PSJ Memorial is a. L- I think that's one of these teams is going to have to throw the ball to win this game a little bit. Probably right. I think Memorial's a little more equipped to throw the football. I'm taking PSJ Memorial in a close one to go eight and zero. Here's the other thing: we could far PSJ ISD could have three potential district champions in three different three different classifications divisions uh, with PSJ High and thirty one six A, PSJ North. In PSJ Memorial in 5A Division Two, that'd be a pretty cool achievement to have three district champs in three different divisions classifications. I like I like Memorial too. Um, I think that it comes down to defense, and I think I trust their defense a little bit more. Plus, being at at at, at home cooking, I think helps a little bit. It's a fascinating game there. I'm really excited. I don't know if they have a big crowd. I think both these teams and communities deserve to have a big game. These are two programs that have struggled for a long time. Um, I, I think. It'll be cool to see these two teams taking taking the the, the big stage. And I hope our buddy Alex Del Barrio and and our friends at KRGV uh, blow out the coverage on Thursday. Well, and one. you know, because here's the thing: go to that game and then do do the double dip, and then go to the Arroyo on Come to, the Arroyo on, on, on Friday, Friday night. It'll be great. Yeah. Matt Step, my fifth and final pick. Let's go Friday night at what's the place called Tiger Field. In technically Temple, Texas, but they'll call it Belton, Lake Belton mm-hmm. High School, as the I think I think I think Tiger the stadium is in Belton. I think the stadium but is in Lake Belton. Belton High School is actually in Temple. That's what I think is right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As the seven and one Lake Belton Tigers welcome in the six and one Midlothian Panthers in. A game that has an easy sell, right? There's an easy sales pitch here Mm -hmm. and is even more interesting the more you dive into it. So here's the easy sales pitch. If you like receivers and you like receiver prospects and you like dudes who are just going to go out there and put on like sports center caliber performances, here's your game. 
You got one on each team. You've got uh, you've got our uh, five star DCT of five star Micah Hudson, mm-hmm. who uh, I saw last week. The Texas Tech. Congrats to Micah Hudson, the Week Nine winner of the Matt Step. He got that dog in him award. You Micah, got, you got that dog in you, sir. You got him. Texas Tech. Do you like the additions this week? Quality. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep I think making, Pickle said you need to be stopped. I'm going to keep making it stupider. <laughs> You've got him, Texas Tech commit, taking on Bryant Wesco, the wide receiver from, from Midlothian, who's a Clemson commit. Okay? When is the last time... Pickle, Pickle just hit someone out there with a noodle. I would love what to know... What is she doing? She's a tyrant. I would love to know how many games in Texas high school football history have featured two five-star wide receivers. Mm. It's a short list, right? It's a very short list. Very short list. Yeah. You got one here. Mm-hmm. There's your sales job. Come for Bryant Wesco versus Micah Hudson. But stay for what is low-key a super important game in 458. Oh, yeah. One. This is a huge <laughs> game in, in the district. Yeah, Because right now, you've got Red Oak and Middleothian at 5-0 and in district. Mm-hmm. Then you've got Lake Belton at five and one. Now all four, three of those teams, probably, probably, barring some total collapse, they're playoff teams. Correct. They're getting in. But the sorting here is really important. And if you are, if you if you are Lake Belton, what you're saying is, hey, let's go out and beat Midlothian. And then Midlothian, week 11, if you guys could go to Red Oak and knock off Red Oak, mm. that'd be awesome. Because yeah. then we can get into a three-way tie and who knows how it breaks from there, right? Yeah. That's what's going on in this one. And I think the difference in this ball game probably comes down to defense. Mm-hmm. I do think Lake Belton's more explosive. They have more playmakers. They do. They do. But, but Midlothian's defense is superior in this game. That's the real money matchup, mm-hmm. is the Midlothian defense against the Lake Belton offense. I think I like Lake Belton at home. There's a bit of a road trip. Mm-hmm. It's a roadie yes. here for, for Midlothian, even though they're on the southern part of DFW. It's a bit of a road trip. I think I like Lake Belton in this one, and I think we're heading for chaos in District 4, 5, 8, Division 1. I, I go Lake Belton because of those reasons, but also Lake Belton's got a guy who can at least go toe-to-toe with Wesco. In, in Selman Bridges. Selman Bridges is, is the corner at, at Lake Belton. He's committed to Arkansas, so he's an SEC commit. He's a big, long corner, and I think he physically can – Wesco at times just physically overwhelms people, especially at the high school level. You know, he, he overwhelms mm-hmm. 5A defensive backs. He, he can't physically overwhelm Lake Belton. Right. And uh, and Selman Bridges. So yes. I, I think that's that's the key for this for Lake Belton in this one. Is I think Selman Bridges is kind of a guy who can neutralize Wesco. And, and here's the other thing. Remember, remember. District 4 5A Division 1 will match up with District 3 5A mm-hmm. Division 1, which is the Alito, Denton, Ryan, Burleson, Centennial District. Mm-hmm. Okay? You need to finish as high as possible because yes. there is a chance if you are, like, if, if you're Lake Belt, if you lose this game, and let's just say you just lock into third, you might be in Burleson, Centennial in the first round. Yeah, that's a tough first round matchup. That's a weird tricky first yeah. round matchup or Denton Ryan or Denton Ryan yeah I mean it's tough so that's why I'm interested in Lake Lake Belton and Midlothian so there it is our week nine draft what a fun week step took Hampshire Finette, uh, Hampshire Finette Silsby Midland Odessa 
you took China Springs, Stephenville, San Antonio J.C. Antonio Harlan, and PSJ Memorial and Roma. I took Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial, Corpus Christi Miller, Honeygrove and Cooper, Brock and Paradise, El Paso Eastwood, El Paso Montwood, and Midlothian and Lake Belton. Other than Midlothian, which is playing in Central, not a single DFW game this week. There's some good games in DFW. Denton Geyer and yeah. Allen are playing this week. Mm-hmm. Um you know, Midlothian Lake, but Longview and McKinney North. Mm-hmm. There's still some good games in the Metroplex, but there's just a lot of good games outside of the area this year. A and M Consolidated. Oh, I'm sorry, not A and M Consolidated. College Station in Georgetown yeah. is another big, big, big game that has like major implications. It, there's a, it's a really nice week. Dripping Springs Lake Travis. Yeah. Keep an eye on that one. It's a deep week. Computers got uh, our computers got Dripping Springs winning that game. Okay. Got four point win. I don't know if I'm buying that, but it is that drip? Drip beat him last year. Drip beat him last year. Yeah. I don't know. DeSoto Cedar Hill, if that tickles your fancy. Klein Collins, Klein Kane. It's a good week. It's a nice little week. Now it's time to round it all out with our hipster game of the week. Matt Step, you told me it was a 4A Division One game. Correct. What's your hipster game of the week? Going back to Corpus Christi, Greg Tepper. As Friday night at Phil Danaher, is it Danaher Stadium or Danaher Field? I think it's... They named the stadium after him now, they named right? the stadium after as the Cal Allen Wildcats at five and three, three and one are hosting six and one and two and one Toloso Midway. Mm-hmm. And this game is dripping with intrigue for a lot of reasons. The first is this: this you know, this is a little, little bit of a rivalry game. These two school districts share a border. Their kids all know each other. They they bump up against each other. Um, Toloso Midway hasn't beaten Cal Allen. Since pre Phil Danaher, Phil Danaher was very is very proud of the fact that he went like thirty three and zero against TM. I believe the winning streak is is forty plus years. So here's this is a this is a, a, a story that I I mentioned. I mean I told the story. This is a couple of years of coaching school. A couple of years ago of coaching school, maybe mm-hmm. pre pandemic. But I was just shooting the breeze with Phil Danaher. We'd gotten to know each other. We were we were we were buddies. He like he like he likes to give you a hard time. He does like to give me a hard time. And I I, I told him I was like, yeah, you know, we we don't, you know, we're we're kind of like he. I think he said he hadn't looked at the magazine yet. And I was like, yeah, you know, we we picked like we're just j- joking back and forth. I said, oh yeah, we picked uh, my pick TM to win the district. And the the sh- the look he shot me like <laughs> it's a personal thing for him. It's yeah. like no, we ain't losing to Toloso Midway. Yeah, but they got a chance this year. Yes. They, you know, they play for the. It's called the Nueces County Brown Jug. Boy, it hasn't moved. But in. it's been collecting dust in the Cal Allen Trophy case since 1981. I believe 1981 is the last time mm-hmm. TM beat Cal Allen. Um, there's a, this is one of the and and, and this and, and the other thing is in in this 40 plus years of of winning streak, the number of one score games has been pretty close like mm-hmm. it's been it's been like one hand you can count them on one hand the number of games that have been close the average score in the rivalry is like 48 14 cal allen it's just mm-hmm. been dominance well i think this is team's best chance to beat cal allen in 40 plus years mm-hmm. cal allen's reeling a little bit they're not you can tell cal allen's just not the same cal allen they're down this year there they lost to alice last week 21 to 7 and tm's pretty good mm-hmm. tm's you know, TM played Alice. The only loss of the year, the year is to Alice. TM's been pretty dominant. Some of the common opponents are very similar. I guarantee you Chris O'Neill and TM have this game circled. If there's one game they want to win this year, mm-hmm. 
it will be this. Mm-hmm. And I cannot tell you how big the party will be at Tulsa oh Midway if they can pull it off. I think there's a great chance. I'm keeping an eye on it this week. And I think deep down, a lot of people in Corpus, not just because they don't like Cal Allen, but because and there are some people who don't like Cal Allen, yes. but there's a lot of people rooting for TM because they just haven't done it in so long. And I think it would be one of the stories of the year if Tulsa Midway can pull off the upset and finally end the 40 plus year losing streak to Cal Allen. So, TM and Cal, Tulsa Midway and Cal Allen is my hipster game of the week. Okay, it's a good pick. I like that pick a lot. Let me make sure I get this right. Matt Step, we are going to go 7.30 p.m. Friday night to Alpine, Texas. Oh, your favorite place in the world. Is it your favorite place in the world? I think it's my favorite place in the world. To Alpine, Texas. I saw a game there last year. I hate you. That's where, As should, that's, the, where, that's where we should take our road trip to. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Got to get him to play Thursday night. As the three and four Alpine Bucks welcome in the three and four Odessa Compass Cougars. 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 I, I saw this game last year. In a critical District 1-3A Division 2 matchup. Now, Tepper, you're probably asking me, well, what's, what's so special about this? Matt Step, this is a rematch. No, no, no. Not a rematch of a game you saw last year. <laughs> this is a rematch from three weeks ago. <laughs> September 22nd, they played. <laughs> because they played, you may remember, District 138 Division 2 is a 14 district. Correct. In and far west Texas. In far west Texas. It's Crane, Alpine, Odessa, Compass, and Tornillo. And I think smartly, very smartly, those teams said, you know what? out here all alone why don't we just play double round robin yeah instead of trying to go six hours one way to find a game instead of trying to find a ball game why don't we just instead and by the way having to find three extra Mm non-district games mm -hmm. what if we just do home and home now this game was a 28 21 game the first time in odessa Mm -hmm. compass is uh, compass has got a a number of youngsters on their team they were able to and so let me tell you what happened in that first one (laughs) alpine's logan smith ran the ball for 257 yards and four touchdowns okay but this game was tight uh uh, compass led 14 nothing at the at the end of one before uh and and actually they were leading uh, 21 14 heading into the fourth quarter before alpine rattled off the final the final 14 to win it can compass slow down Logan Smith, the running back, and what kind of adjustments do you make for what will probably be uh, for second place in the district? Winner of this game probably gets second place in the district. Crane looks like the class of that district. Yes. And Tornillo is, is 0-6. Tornillo's uh, struggling. Tornillo's struggling. Tornillo's probably going to be 0-10 and making the playoffs. So here 0-9. You, so here you go. A rematch from three weeks ago. How much did you keep in the chamber? Yeah. Fascinated by this one. Alpine and Odessa Compass is my hipster game of the week. That's true Coach, hipster. Coach Andy Smith, schedule a Thursday game next year. Please, oh my gosh. Please do it. That'd be so good. A chance for, a chance for Adam to pay for a trip to Alpine oh for God, a couple please, of days. Please, please, we, I promise you we'll spend a lot of money in town. We'll eat at Riata. We'll, oh, yeah, we'll eat at Oh, God, we're going to eat at the Riata. We're going to eat six meals in oh, two days. <laughs> Riata, Alicia's, we're just going so to make the, make the round. Anyway, there it is. Uh, my hipster games of the week. What is your schedule look like this week? Uh, so, thir- big travel week for me this week. Uh, I will be Thursday night in Corpus Christi. 
at the aforementioned Veterans Memorial in Miller showdown at Buck Stadium Thursday night. So that's my Thursday game. Mm-hmm. Should be a big one. We, we, we already talked about it. Should be a big showdown. Uh, Friday, I'm going to be in San Antonio mm-hmm. for one of the most unique Texas high school football games around as I will be watching the Cole Cougars take on the unbeaten Randolph Rohawks uh, in uh, the Texas high school football version of Army versus Air Force. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Cole, uh, which is the, alum- uh, the high school of Shaquille O'Neal, is located on Fort Sam Houston, which is the big Army base in San Antonio. So all the, all the students at Cole High School either live on base or their their parents they they live off base, but their parents are were, are you know Army mm-hmm. personnel on the base. So military personnel on the Cole side. Randolph is located on Randolph Air Force Base, mm-hmm. and so all the students at Randolph are children of Air Force personnel. So it's it's the air troops versus the ground troops, literally, Texas high school football style. Uh, very excited for this very unique uh, rivalry. There's only one other high school in Texas that's located on a military installation. Do you know what that is? It's either El Paso or Colleen. El Paso Chapin. There you go. El Paso Chapin is located on um, Fort Bliss. Bliss, but it is open to... It's El Paso. I it's open to. It just happens to be on the base. But it's yeah. They they, they pull from the base. They also pull from off base. Got it. Um, so yeah, I, I had to email and get instructions on how because the game is on base. Yeah, the so stadium is on on the on the army base. I, I bet to, security will be pretty good at that game. <laughs> if there's one game, I think there'll be good security at. It'll be that one. But I, I will have to go through the the gates and and mm-hmm. you know. So I mean, it's it's there's special you know there's instructions on how to how to do that game. So uh, that's my Friday night game. And then Saturday, I'll stay in San Antonio for a doubleheader. Uh, Two o'clock Saturday afternoon at Heroes Stadium, I will get to watch uh, San Antonio Johnson take on San Antonio Marshall. I get to watch Ty Hawkins, the original He Got That Dog and I'm Award winner. Mm-hmm. Johnson's going to be a big favorite over Marshall, but it's any chance I get a chance to see Ty Hawkins and San Antonio Johnson, I'm going to take it. The computer has that as a 41 point. Contest. Yeah, it should be, it'll be probably over a very, yeah, a game over halftime. And then the nightcap, we already talked about it. Seven o'clock Friday night, Saturday night at Ferris Stadium, Harlan and Jay, uh, the Battle of Unbeaten's. So it's a good week for me. I'm excited. When is I'm sure we might have talked about this. When's the last time Jay was this good? With the quarterback that played at Baylor, um, they had him a couple of years ago. Uh, not Josh Reynolds, but the. Let me see. Uh, they had a quarterback that went to Baylor. I don't. Know, I think he played receiver at Baylor. Northside Jay. They had a good. They year. have not won. Nine. Let's just say, well, they have not won nine games in a year since '06, when John Campbell was head coach. Uh, they have won ten games a season since '03, mm. and that is Jacob their, Zeno. Jacob Zeno. And they had Jacob Zeno, yeah. and that is their only ten-win season in 2003. So there you go. No, well, Zeno was recent. Zeno, yeah. the last Jay's last good year was I think Zeno. Zeno was like 2017, year. maybe around. Sounds that about time. right because yeah. he's still playing. He's at UAB. Yeah, that, that was their last really good year. Not a great year, but that, I think they were eight and three or yeah. something that year. So, but yeah, I mean they were oh Jay was zero and nine in twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. So, but they've slowly gotten better. They were they were four and six in twenty twenty one, five and five last year, and they're they're mm-hmm. seven and zero this year. So, yeah, so it's a good week. I'm excited about um, all four of my games this week. All all four of them have their own unique um, little thing. So I'm yeah. excited. Uh, I'm excited for you. I'm gonna eat good food too. Yeah. And corpus and I have to officiate a wedding on Saturday. Ah, 
a man of the cloth. I am a man of the cloth. <laughs> yeah, it's an Aggie wedding too, so I gotta like do my do my research, do my due speaking, of, speaking of college football, your Mizzou Tigers are like actually good this year. It's weird, six and one. It's weird because I think their coach kind of stinks, but he can recruit. And that's kind of all it takes. So, anyway, that is going to do it for us. Thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscriber. Step, thanks for your courage. Thank you. Talk to you next week for the Week 10 preview. Week 10. It's crazy. Lots of stuff. <laughs>